right. He's Yamana. I'm Fish. She's Barney. No, wait. He's still Yamana. I'm Ojahoitz. She's Harris. Welcome to Vikings Report with Drew and Ted. Drew Bunting, how are you? Oh, man. It's one of my favorite shows. Love that intro, bro. Barney Miller, eight seasons, 170 episodes, Ted. 12th Precinct, every weeknight. I have a favorite memory from that show. Besides trying to learn the baseline for four months, which I never did. <laughs> you know that bitch and baseline at the beginning of that song? Yeah. The setting was all the detectives sitting around their desk doing funny things. And Woja, Woja Hoetz, Wojo, he brought in some hash brownies. And the funniest scene was when Jack Sue, my favorite guy on the show, who played Nick, he walked up and he said, have you seen my legs? <laughs> They're about this long. <laughs> they have toes on the end. <laughs> Anybody see my legs? It was a great, it was, it was classic 1970s comedy. And, and oh, we, we, we brought up Barney Miller tonight because uh, one of the characters on that show, uh, Detective Chano, was played by Gregory Sierra. And last week, if you remember, we did Sanford and Son. Um, Gregory Sierra also played Julio, uh, another great character actor um, in his career. And he, he just died a few days ago of, of uh, cancer at 83 years old. So uh, rest in peace, Gregory yeah, Sierra. Rest in peace, Gregory um, Sierra. You had a, had a wonderful career and you provided uh, me and, and Drew and I know my dad, probably your family as well, lots of laughs over the years. So He, he uh, was tremendous on both shows. Yeah. Tootsis, how are you? Man, I'm not doing too good. I got hit in the head today with a soda. What? Really? Yeah. But don't worry. It was a soft drink. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. Uh, uh. Okay. <laughs> I think that's time for light this candle. Let's hear it. All right. I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? All right, this week's jersey. Who, who do we got behind you this week, Drew, Drew Bunting? We have the greatest receiver in Vikings history and one of the greatest receivers in NFL history, Mr. Chris Carter. He was the master of the toe-tap catch, the master of the touchdown catch. The, and he always came up with those big catches, Ted, when we least expect him to. He did, and he, he was doing that in college. And, Drew... Oh. What college did he go to? That's right. He went to Ohio State. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Why do I keep putting these Ohio State things up here? I have that's nothing like, to do with it. That's, you pick the jerseys. <laughs> I got to start thinking about that a little closer. 12 seasons with the Vikings, eight-time Pro Bowlers. That guy caught 122 passes in two consecutive seasons, Ted, back-to-back. NFL record. The first one was an NFL record, I believe, wasn't it? Yeah, with Warren Moon. He had 12, yeah. uh, 122 for 1370 and 17 touchdowns. Overall, he had 1,004 catches. That's just for the Vikings. 12,383 yards and 110 touchdowns. He had his career with 130. So he had 110 of the 130 came with the Vikings. He holds a slew of records in the NFL. And he also owns just about every receiving record, I think, for the Vikings. And that's funny because people say, well, what about Randy Moss? People forget Carter spent a vast majority of his career in Minnesota getting most of his numbers. And Moss was only in Minnesota other than that 2010 trade from 98 to 2004. So what, six years? Right. 
and Carter was around much longer than that. When he retired, I think he was second in every major statistical passing category behind Jerry Rice. Moss, Carter, and Jerry Rice are probably the three best wide receivers in NFL history. And two of them played for the Vikings at the same time. Sick of that. That's crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, What was it? Fourth round pick in 87 to Philly. Yeah. And then he had three seasons in Philadelphia, Chris Carter did. And he, he had some problems there. And then he had the running with Buddy Ryan and that was it. And Buddy Ryan yep. got rid of him. I think the Vikings got him for like a hundred bucks. hundred bucks off the waiver wire. You know what's funny is I got a little tidbit for you. In first season with the Vikings, 1990, he didn't really catch a lot of passes, but he had one standout game that Monday nighter in Philadelphia where he caught six passes for 151 and including a 78-yard touchdown, his his first. That's really the only really big game he had his opening season with the Vikings. But that 78-yard touchdown, that was as long as of his entire career. Was it really? Yeah, his first season. Wow. Um, but that Monday nighter, he just tore Philadelphia a new bunger. And Buddy Ryan, when he released him, he didn't want to let the league know he had all those problems. So he just said, all he does is catch touchdowns. Doesn't do anything else for him. <laughs> Cole Pepper. To Chris Carter, all he does? Catch touchdowns. Hall of Famer Chris Carter. Uh, Hall great, of Famer! Great selection, Drew Bunting. Uh, speaking of jerseys, have a very exciting announcement. We would like to announce our first ever raffle giveaway. And it's going to be a Justin Jefferson jersey uh say that three times fast um and we're gonna select the winner on thursday april 29th the night of our live draft show now got a couple rules i gotta go over so pay attention at some point during the show drew or i will will say a secret word or phrase we don't know what that is it's going to be selected afterwards by tunes's uh and by our producer elizabeth so we don't know going in what the secret word or phrase is going to be so what's today's secret word cocky when we say that secret phrase or word, when you're watching the show, a graphic will pop up saying, shoot me into the sun or whatever is your secret phrase. When that happens, we want you to type in the YouTube comments, not, not on the Facebook page. Don't add us on Twitter, but our Twitter handle is at report Ted, R-E-P-O-R-T-T-E-D, report Ted. Um, not there. The, the comments on our YouTube page, write in that secret phrase or word, and you're in, you're entered. You can only enter one time per show, but you can enter for multiple shows. And I, I was looking at, we've got like 12 or 13 shows, give or take, depending between now and the draft. So if you watch every episode and enter between now and the draft, you can enter probably more than 10 times. All you, all you got to do is watch the show, write in the secret phrase again, not on Facebook, not on Twitter, on our YouTube comments on that show episode, write in what the secret word or phrase is, and boom, it's that simple. Is there anything simpler you could do in life that was easy shout out to everybody before we get rolling here tonight thank you for all the support if i had my lighter i'd hold it up like ozzy and say i love you all one two three I really appreciate all the support that everybody's been giving us the show's taken off and we're having fun doing it but this is a show for the people yeah we're still new we're still creating as we go so if you guys got any ideas or suggestions, how you think we can make the show better, like kick me off of it, I totally get it. Let us know. Let us know in the comments. We'll, we'll work on it. So we've got a really big show tonight. We're going to talk Vikings. Um, we've got a new feature we're going to call our Tweet of the Week now that we've got our Twitter account up and running. Uh, and that's going to roll right into our NFL stuff. Uh, then we've got another quick little fun segment, and it has nothing to do with Michigan. Put the cup down. Uh, and then we're going to get to trivia. 
Uh, and then we're going to get to our Super Bowl pick and the and, and our, our playoff picks have, have yeah, uh, it's coming down to the wire, folks. Yeah, you haven't been paying attention. So. What about that weekend? You got yeah, your ass what about, Yeah. What <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, we had a question from Ed Zeidler, and he has another question. So he's our first two-time caller, although what we up? don't have calls yet. Whatever. Mike Zimmer said at the end of the year, and it was it was kind of a, a fairly famous quote that this is his worst defense ever. I mean, that he's ever that he's ever coached, is it? Yes. What do you this what is, do you got? You got numbers to, to back that up, Drew? Yes, I do. I do. This is his worst defense since he he got here in 2014. And statistically, it's the third worst defense in Minnesota Viking history. That's terrible. So I guess he doesn't have the worst overall, but uh, Zimmer gave up 475 points, 6,292 yards. <laughs> the second worst would be back in 2013. You remember those days, Ted? Remember that team? That would be the the last year of one Leslie Frazier, defensive coordinator of the Buffalo Bills now. Right. With And his defensive coordinator of the Vikings for that year was Allen Williams. 2013, they gave up 480 points and 6,362, 31st in the league. God, that's so, bad. That is so the, bad. The worst defense in Vikings history, maybe you could guess the year. Uh, it's, I, I'm going to just say Les Steckel off the top of my head, Eighty, which would have been 83 or 84. Ding, 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 ding. Ted Glover bringing the heat tonight. <laughs> meow, meow. 1984, the Vikings were last in defense. Les Steckel, do you remember the defensive coordinator? No. Floyd Reese. Was it Floyd Reese? It was Floyd Reese. And then this is, uh, Steckel got fired this year, and then Bud Grant came back in 85. In 84, they gave up 484 points and 6,352 yards for the worst defense in Minnesota Viking history. So let me tell you something, Ted. In 1984, Steckel stunk it up. He did. What happened at the end of the year? He got fired. He got fired. SpongeBob, you're fired. Huh? That's right. And then Leslie Frazier stunk it up in 2013. What happened at the end of that season, Ted? He got fired. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fired. Gone. Ousted. Say la vie, if that's the right saying. Adios. Oh. Yes. Whoa. So the third worst defense is Zimmer. And what happened to him, Drew Bunting? Retained. Retained. So why did the other two guys get fired? Don't tell me continuity. I don't want to hear that word anymore. I don't want to hear it. Why were they fired? Because they did not live up to their performance expectations for their job. Why wasn't Zimmer fired if you put up the same crappy numbers? I mean, well, you know, what's it called? Good for the gander. How's it go? What's good for the goose is good for the gander. What the hell does that mean? Anyway, I I don't know. No idea. I don't know. I don't even know what a gander is. My mom. Is that a. Is that a flock of geese? A gander of geese? Or can't you take a guess? Well, not for another two hours. You can't take a guess for another two hours? Uh, Zimmer somehow, you know, apparently yards don't don't hurt as much in 2020 as they do in 1984 or 2013. Ed's, Ed's kind of had, had questions within the question. He said, why was the defense so bad? What's the reason? Well, we all know the defense is going to get better when they get you know, the Hunter Pierce bar thing you hear over and over again. I think it's scheme along with, ha- you know, having the rookie corners being thrown to the fire, they had to learn real quick. But I think a lot of these games, when Zimmer game plans defensively, it all looks pretty vanilla to me. It looks like a base defense. 
there was only one game that I can think of off the top of my head where the Vikings really dictated the pace on defense. But you're right. I think for a vast majority of the season, the Vikings were just reactive. They were not proactive. Like in, in 14, 15, 16, 17, the, the Vikings defense would have a lot of movement and motion and, and, and guys feigning blitzes coming up to the line and then running. I mean, there was a lot of pre-snap movement on the Vikings side of the ball on defense. And I just, it didn't seem like there was that much this year. And, and I think that goes back to it being a vanilla scheme, like you said. Very tentative defensively, very tentative. Never seemed like they wanted to give up the big play. Yeah. Never, never wanted to. Let me mention something real quick that, that kind of explains adjustments. And I saw it last night in the Kansas City Buffalo game. There was a, the opening drive. They, the Bills had to go for it on fourth and one. And they ran that. Josh Allen faked it up the middle on that run pass option. He yeah. ran He ran around the edge. And when the guy committed to him, he dumped it off to Daw- Dawson Knox. And Knox got like five yards. They got the first down, right? Three plays later, they had a third and two. Just three plays later, they ran that identical play. He faked it, ran around the edge, and the guy committed to him, but there was a guy covering Knox this time, so he couldn't. He had to throw it away. So Andy Reid already fixed it. In three plays, he adjusted to it. Three plays. He, he yeah, fixed it, it. It would take three quarters for the Vikings to figure that out this year. What the hell's going on out here? I saw that, and I go, I got to remember to mention that on the show because that's how you adjust on the fly. He didn't let it. It was three plays later, Ted, not two quarters. You ever play electric football when you were a kid? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you flip the on switch and guys just go everywhere. That was like the Vikings defense this year. You, you flip on the switch and nobody knows where the hell anybody's going. I mean, it just—it was terrible. It was just terrible. Remember how big the kicker was compared oh, to the rest of the never guys. Worked. The kicker, the kicker was about as good as Dan Bailey. And he gave me that piece of cotton. <laughs> I mean, and and the quarterback's pose was always like this. Yes, <laughs> yes. Okay, um, that does it for Zimmer's D. Does that answer Ed's question, or did we did I miss it? We got so the last thing I would add would be putting in personnel. I think they decimated their defensive secondary by getting rid of all their experience and forcing all those young guys to play. And then the two guys that had experience, Holton Hill and, and uh, Mike Hughes got hurt early in the season. And now you were forced to play Jeff Gladney, Cameron Dantzler. And it just, without a pass rush, those guys were just sacrificial lambs. I thought. The defensive line did not help out the corners. That's for certain. You notice those teams that sack the quarterback have better secondary numbers. There's a reason for that. Who is at fault for this defense then? A lot of times I hear people saying, well, they have these rookie corners out there. Well, why? Who put themselves in that position? It was Zimmer, right? Exactly. That, and that's an argument you make. Well, they had all these rookie players that they had to play. You're right. But who made the roster decisions that got them to the point where they had to play all those rookies? I'd argue you could have kept either Mac Alexander or Xavier Rose. And, and you can't tell me those guys would have been worse than what we saw the first five or six weeks of the season. Mac yeah. Alexander was the biggest loss, I think. I think so, too. Yeah. I think it was a combination of those things that, that got the Vikings to this just absolutely horrible defense that they had this year. And, and then on top of that, they had the injuries. But, you know, NFL football, nobody's feeling sorry for you, Ted. you got to figure out how to win games. And, and in years past, you know, the Vikings had pretty good roster depth and were able to absorb some injuries. I mean, Tom Johnson played very well, Terrence Newman. But when they made the decision to, to re-sign all these guys like Anthony Barr and give them these big contracts, all that salary cap money, a lot of it was eaten up. And so now they couldn't afford some of those higher end reserve guys. And they, they had to rely on the, on the draft and, you know, undrafted free agents. And look what happened. 
So, yeah, I, I put the blame on, on, on Zimmer and Spielman, squarely on them. And then one last thing about the defense, defensive back coach Durante Jones, who was just with the Vikings for one year, been in the NFL five years, had a, a couple of years at Miami, is leaving to become the defensive coordinator at LSU. So after one year, the Vikings defensive backfield coach vacancy <laughs> or defensive back coach position is now vacant again. LSU. Give me a little Ed Orgeron. Let me see. <laughs> Come on. How about them Tigers? <laughs> Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Gonna have a hard time in the meetings going, what the hell did he just say? He said hey, fan of the SEC down here in the Louisiana State House. Uh. Go Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> Well, best of luck to Durante Jones on your ventures forward. So that leaves now. Uh, Gary Kubiak has officially retired. Marwan Malouf. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah. Is not coming back. And now the third coach has left the staff. Are we not interviewing people? Because I see, you know, you watch ESPN or NFL Network that crawl at the bottom of the screen. This guy's interviewing for special teams. The Falcons are interviewing for defensive coordinator. The Seahawks are interviewing. I see all these guys. And then I don't see any of the Vikings. I don't see status quo. What are they? Are they not interviewing people? Yeah, they're interviewing status quo. (laughs) Great band, by the way. Status quo. That's a good point. There's no rush in Egan to to bring potential replacements in. Let me ask you this. Is Mike Zimmer on the hot seat going into 2021? Hot seat. I I think I think we both agree he's on the hot seat. So if he's on the hot seat going into 2021, he's going to have a hard time getting top quality coaches to come in and fill positions like OC and, and special teams coach and, and defensive back coach. So I, I would bet like these jobs, they're going to do internal hires. You know, I, you called Clint Kubiak and that's becoming more and more kind of an accepted reality for the he's offensive. He's never been an offensive coordinator, Ted. Nope, he hasn't, but he's going to be. So then when it all goes to shit later on in the season, you, then you use the excuse, well, he's never been a coordinator. See, it's a never-ending yeah. circle of, of yeah. this stuff, man. It's like... Self-licking ice cream cone, man. <laughs> Self-licking ice cream cone. Uh, what's that? Vacation? Chevy Chase? When they asked him, what's it like to work with Christy Brinkley? And he said, it's like having an ice cream cone you can't lick. The dog went on the picnic basket. <laughs> Chevy, you, I know you're watching. Love you, babe. Um, so... If that's the case, then tell us who it is. Apparently, you don't have to interview anybody. And then the guys they're going to bring in are going to have, you know, not a lot of NFL experience, if any NFL experience. So was it two years ago, the Vikings lost a lot of experience. Jerry Gray, for one. And now it's just even going to get a little bit less and less going into 2021. You know, the Vikings got a lot of changes coming up in the offseason. Salary cap issues they got to talk about and resolve and, and, and draft and all that coming up. But who are guys that, in your mind, are non-tradable and guys you would not cut guys you would keep on that defense to rebuild around Kendricks is what is the cornerstone of the whole thing okay I'd say Eric Kendricks and and Devin White are probably the two best linebackers I've seen this year I think the other spot believe it or not is the guy we didn't see who opted out was Pierce I'm going to keep it on the D-line Pierce I and I think whoever we get to play opposite of Hunter saying Hunter comes back Hunter Kendricks and who's ever playing the opposite defensive end and then throw Pearson as a fourth. The D-line, Ted. Three of my four guys that you just that I'm throwing out there are D-line guys. To run that Zimmer scheme, he depends on two defensive ends always kicking some ass, which he, he had with Everson Griffin, and he had it with Hunter. They caused a lot of problems for tackles because tackles, had they had to chip with running backs, they had to chip with tight ends, and you can't really even chip either of those guys. So Zimmer had a lot more openings to do 
chancy things with the defense when he had those two guys on the field. Whoever plays opposite Hunter has to be decent, or Hunter is just going to get shut down. Yeah, so, I, I agree. Those are my those are my three, and I hate I hate to say it, but I think Harrison Smith. I know he's a fan favorite. I think maybe he might be movable, tradable. Yeah, I think he's, they still have some leverage left. I think he's on the he's only had a couple years left. If you're going to trade him, you'd probably do it now. And I know we're going to get a lot of hate mail for that because Harrison's a favorite, but you got a lot of holes to fill in the D. I would keep Daniel Hunter. I would keep Eric Hendricks. I agree with you on those two. I'm going to say also Cameron Dantzler and Jeff Gladney. Those guys got valuable experience in the secondary last year. That is a tough spot to play mm-hmm. under Mike Zimmer and his defense. I, but I absolutely agree with you. The The secondary is made much better by a pass rush. That's why when I heard they traded for um, Yannick Ngakwe early, and I thought we might have something here with his defense, and then it just sure. fell apart. Right. And you mentioned Harrison Smith. I, I'm with you on that one as well. You know, he's he's 31, going to be turning 32. He's due $9.8 million next year. And I was just looking this up before the show. I got it up in front of me right now, as a matter of fact. He has a cap number of $10.2 million with no dead money. I, I mean, look, I'm not I'm not saying the Vikings should should move on from Harrison Smith, but the Vikings are, are projected to be right now $12 million over the cap. And so they, they have to make some moves. Smith is a guy you don't want to see leave because he's been so important to that defense for so long. But I, I would not be surprised if they ask him to do a major restructure to stay with the Vikings. What about Anthony Barr, Ted? What, what's going to happen with that guy? He's one of Zim's guys. People are automatically saying, well, you got to restructure Barr or cut him. Well, okay, this isn't Madden, first of all. I mean, he's got... <laughs> He's got a dead cap number of almost $8 million, which is a lot. The Vikings, I don't want to get into a whole bunch of numbers, but the Vikings don't like to carry a lot of dead cap money. He saves $7 million if you cut him, but I, I think Mike Zimmer still looks at Anthony Barr as one of his guys and one of the key members of the Vikings defense. Do you trust that I do not want to see you die here tonight? Sir, yes, sir. Blue, you're my boy! That's tough because that guy, when he gets on a roll, he's such a good player. It's just that the role is too fleeting. Let's face it, Zim's going to keep his guys, dude. He's, he is. You know, offensively, we talk about the Vikings are going to be okay because we know the weaponry they have. Yeah. Think about it on defense, dude. You know, I'm not big on the if thing, but Hunter, Pierce in the middle, somebody decent that can play next to Pierce, whether we have to draft him in the first round or not, and then the other defensive end spot. Kendricks, get Barback, Wilson. The best thing that happened to the corners was all the experience they gained from all the, I mean, talk about throwing to the fire, but they're going to be better. This defense could get a lot better if all the ifs work out. But that's a lot of ifs. A lot of ifs. I mean, that's the thing. There's you got half a dozen ifs in that in that scenario right there. If all those ifs come true, mm-hmm. then yeah, I th- I think it could be a good defense. If my grandmother had wheels, she would have been a bike. <laughs> you know what? You know. <laughs> you know. There's a lot of questions, and and you know they still have free agency and the draft, and there's a there's a long ways to go before I think we'll have an idea on what kind of defense the Vikings are going to have. Like the offense, I agree with you though. They have the potential to be pretty decent if. They make the right moves. 6,300 yards. Something's got to get better. Yeah. Can't get much worse. We need to play better. Couldn't stop the run. Didn't cover well. Couldn't get any pressure on the quarterback. Didn't tackle. So uh, very, very disappointing. Well, you know, maybe they couldn't have done much better than that. I don't know. (laughs) Whatever. All right. Have we beat the Vikings up enough this year? No. No. I, you know, I love my Vikings. I've loved this will be my first 51st fan year. I started in 1970. I get a little cranky about it now and then because it gets so frustrating with what you see in front of you. But uh, you know what? We're going to go into this season with the Super Bowl hype that we always have, Ted. And we got that big draft night coming up. That's going to yeah. be a big night. 
I'm looking forward to that. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, they've got a ways to go. But I don't know that they can get there in one off season. But they can make a lot of headway towards getting a lot better. What's next, Ted? NFL. So we we we're rolling out this new feature now. We have a Twitter account. Mark at Mark SPAT. Now for full disclosure, Mark was a front page writer or is a front page writer on the daily Norseman where, uh, where I used to write, he's the college football expert guy does all the mock drafts and who the Vikings should get, but he cool. asked a good question. Are the lions ahead of the Vikings in the trade market and draft? Well, we, and he said, look, I know they're trading, they're drafting ahead of us already, but will they pass the Vikings in terms of a rebuild? For those of you that don't know over the weekend, Tom Pelissero reported that the Lions and Matthew Stafford have mutually agreed to part ways this offseason, and the team will begin exploring trade options in the coming weeks. So Matthew Stafford isn't coming back to the Lions, which kind of makes sense. They've got a new coach in Dan Campbell. The guy you wanted to be the Vikings offensive coordinator, Anthony Lynn, is now the Lions offensive coordinator. So they are all in on a full-blown rebuild. And they got uh, Chris Spielman up in the front office making, for yeah. people who don't know, that's Rick Spielman's brother, the one that knows about football. And where did, um, where did Chris Spielman go to school at? We're going to pass on that information. I don't have that in front of me. Hey, I got this is kind of funny. I got Chris Spielman's official title here, Ted. Yeah, what is it? He's the special assistant to chairman and president plus CEO. So is that like assistant to the regional manager only for the NFL team? So effective immediately, I am promoting you from assistant to the regional manager to assistant regional manager. I would argue... That was one of the smartest hires Mrs. Ford, the owner of the Lions, could have ever made because she had no idea who to hire as GM. And she said, who's the who's the smartest football guy I know? And it was probably Chris Spielman. If, there, if there's a football guy's football guy, it's Chris Spielman. And that that uh, Ford, that lady, what's her first? I don't know, her first, Betty or something? No, that was the one that had no. the rehab <laughs> play. <laughs> you know what? Martha's fiery. She's angry as shit. She's trying to make something happen. And shout out of- to you, Martha, even though you're a divisional opponent of ours. Shout out to you for at least getting off your ass and making something happen. And so that's kind of my question. So the Lions have gone all in on the rebuild. We're going to get rid of our franchise quarterback who has been really good for a really long time. And we got a new coach, Dan Campbell, who is an aficionado of kneecaps, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. All right. And we're going to stand up and then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down. All right. And on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap and we're going to get up and then it's going to take three shots to get us down. I bet Martha Ford was in the audience going, <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> so, but, but in the end, it's the lion. So you do the wink, wink. Hey, can Elizabeth, can you put that in? Let's hear it right now. <laughs> there you go. Isn't it Ted? I mean, they, they fail. Yeah, they do. But if you're not a big fan of Dan Campbell, you got to be a big, you're a big fan of Anthony Lynn and they're going to go get their quarterback. You know, they're drafting pretty high in the draft and they will be able to get one of those franchise guys or maybe even make a trade for Deshaun Watson who wants, who wants to be traded as well. So they're at least saying, look, we need to start over and this is how we're going to do it. And the Vikings are, are sort of taking the opposite approach. So that kind of goes to Mark's question. Who, who's going to come out ahead in this? Right. Who's going to be towards the top of the division faster, the Vikings or the Lions? Right now, well, with the moves they're making, you got to, in the way the defense looks for the Vikings and the uncertainty of, of getting guys back for next season, you probably have to say them. The short term, I would agree the Vikings are a better team. I mean, they swept the Lions again this year. If the Lions find their quarterback and pair him with a guy that, that is universally respected as a coordinator in Anthony Lynn, I think they're going to be a pretty good football team. 
I also think the Vikings are going to have to get into a rebuilding stage sooner rather than later. I, I think this add a piece here, add a guy there, while trying to remain competitive, I, I don't think is very successful. They're going to have to at some point commit to rebuilding. And if that happens, then they're going to fall behind the Lions. Sure. Stafford wants a chance to win a Super Bowl, and the Lions are letting him do it. Because it'd be much easier for him to keep Stafford for another season to teach the young guy, right? I mean, yeah. we laugh a lot about how many times the Vikings kicked his ass, sacking him 11 times in one game. But you watch. Stafford's going to go somewhere. He's good. he's a good quarterback. That dude is tougher than a $2 steak. Totally. Uh, he, he has taken more punishment. Well, I'm not going to use that analogy, but he's taken a lot of punishment. Over his <laughs> he's played with broken bones. And I, I mean, the, the guy is just tough as nails. So speaking of quarterbacks in the NFC North, Hey, Drew, did you watch the NFC Championship game yesterday? (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) What about that touchdown with eight seconds left in the first half? Brady goes for the deep shot. He's got a touchdown. Scotty Miller. Oh, my God. Oh, that was something. You know, we could talk about Matt LaFleur's decision to kick that field goal with under three minutes left and your season on the line all day. But after the game, Aaron Rodgers had his typical postgame press conference and like three beat writer guys that, that cover the Packers are now speculating that Aaron Rodgers might not be long for Green Bay. Matt Schneidman wrote, this is a Rodgers quote, a lot of guys' futures, they're uncertain, myself included. Jason Wild tweeted, Aaron Rodgers sure, sure sounded like a guy saying goodbye. And then Schneidman again, he said, Aaron Rodgers fully sounded like someone who doesn't know if he'll be the quarterback here next season. Zach Cruz, about 15 minutes ago, I was very sure Aaron Rodgers would be the Packers quarterback in 2021. But I must admit, I'm a little less sure of that right now. Everything you just read is the reason Aaron Rodgers did that. Aaron Rodgers knows everything about what he's doing. When he sat down there, I saw it this morning on Florio's show. He's all downtrodden. He's all lumped over. The future's uncertain. He knows what he's doing. The fact that LaFleur trusted his defense over Aaron Rodgers on that last field goal. He told Aaron Rodgers, I don't trust you. I want my defense up. That, that, wave him back. We're going for it. Wave him back. I mean, he has he's earned the right to wave the team back. So yeah, I think so. I think he may be a little emotional, a little angry right now. I don't think he's going anywhere. When the season ended for the Vikings, one of the favorite offseason things is to come up with Kirk Cousins trade scenarios. And I'll, I'll tell you that the Vikings aren't trading Cousins and the Packers come on. aren't trading Rodgers simply for the fact the salary cap numbers that both of those guys have are fairly prohibitive. I'm not saying it couldn't be done, but it would be a real tricky maneuver to get it done. But unless he retires, it'd be cutting off your nose to spite your face and be immensely stupid. And let me let me clear this up about this trading Cousins, dude. I'm so sick of hearing about... Let me tell you, when you're trading cousins, you know who you are? You're that kid at the fourth grade cafeteria walking around with a bag of carrot sticks. Telling the kid, hey, I'll take your pudding for these carrot sticks. Get out of here. I don't want your freaking carrot stick. Hey, do you want my carrot sticks? You're the guy walking around trying to pass off your carrot sticks for sandwiches. It doesn't, it's not going to work. Nobody wants carrot sticks. Uh, what's up, Doc? Uh, what's up, Doc? Uh... The whole trade trading cousins thing, it's not going to happen because Rick Spielman is tied to Kirk Cousins. Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins are all tied together at the hip. Rick Spielman is either going to go to the Super Bowl or the unemployment line 
with Kirk Cousins. He's not trading him. He convinced Zimmer and he convinced Ziggy Wolf, this is the guy. We're going to give him a lot of money. And then he doubled down on it by giving him an extension after that playoff win last year in New Orleans. See, I told you, he's the guy. All three of them stay or all three of them go. I, I think it's a package deal. So that is our, our NFL stuff. So like one quick little thing I want to do. We don't talk politics on this show. Every time a new president is sworn in, they come out with a bunch of executive orders and they just say, this is the new rule. Drew Bunting, if you were the president of sports and you could enact any new rule, one or two rules, what would they be? The Vikings back in the early 2000s, they played the Lions. On the last play of the game, the Lions kicked a field goal, but they had a delay of game. He missed the field goal. The Vikings couldn't decline it. So they moved it back five yards. The Lions re-kicked it. And guess what happened? Six yards to Morton. 48-yard field goal for the winner. Jason Hansen. Good! It's good! Six field goals for Hansen after delay of game forced the 43-yarder, which was good to be retried from 48. So instead of getting penalized for a mistake, they were given an opportunity to win. How does that make any sense? If you make a mistake, you shouldn't be allowed a chance to win. The Vikings should have been able to decline that. And the game's over. Kind of like the uh, the three personal fouls on on Buffalo, one on Kansas City, penalties offset. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the referee said, "Look, we just had a riot, but we're gonna just do a do over." <laughs> <laughs> I seen forensic people out there scraping, trying to figure out what was going on. Crime scene photographers. I forgot the game was on. I went in to start doing something else, building some shelves or something. I mean, honestly, what would what would your executive order be? I would I would change the rule where if an offensive player fumbles the ball into the end zone and it goes out of bounds, that it becomes the defense's ball and it's it, that it's a touchback and, and it's a change of possession. Now, if they fumble it on the the three and it goes into the end zone and out of, out of the end zone, just like anywhere else in the field, the offense retains possession either where the ball goes out of bounds or if the ball goes forward and then out of bounds where the player lost possession. Right. Of the, and if that play would have resulted in a first down, then they get a new set of downs. That's the one rule I changed. And it hurt the Browns in the playoffs a couple of weeks ago. And I, that's just, man. That that's seems just like a back. That rule is not right. That rule needs to be fixed. Brutal, brutal rule. That's the one I'd change. Also, um, also, if you kick a field goal and it caroms off the upright and goes in still, you got to get six points, Ted. That's six way, points? That's way the hell harder than kicking it through the upright. <laughs> then you got guys trying to hit the carom. Yeah. Think of that. Then you're taking a chance on missing it. Great strategy. Will never be brought to light, though. Will never be worked so that's what we would do if we were president of sports. I do believe it is time for trivia. No, wait. We got, we got a commercial first, right? Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for watching the show so far. We're going to be back with Toons' Trivia, but for right now, we got this. How many lifts does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll Center of a Tootsie Pop? Let's find out. One, two, three, three. How many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll Center of a Tootsie Pop? The world may never know. There have been a lot of changes, new faces on the scene. A whole new crop of heroes whose style is living fresh and clean. New tastes, new directions, refreshing points of view. And seven up so crisp and clear, the taste that turned into moving up, bang up, reaching up, bang up. America is turning seven up. Looking up, right up, feeling up, being up, America is turning seven up. 
Welcome to Tunes' Trivia. How you guys Hello. doing? Hello, Tunes. Hello, Tunes. Dude, we've lost like three out of four, I think. All right, Ted, buck up. This is where we're good. Okay, that's it. We're not going Zimmer anymore in this. We're going to make our comeback right now. <laughs> yeah, you guys got like 138 and you needed to get 200. So, yeah. This is the best we could do. I want... <laughs> All right, this week we have a something a little bit different. We have viewers that have submitted questions. Our first seven questions come from our listeners, Liam and Brooklyn from Santa Rosa, California. Liam and Brooklyn, how are you? Hello, Liam from Brooklyn. How are you? No, Liam and Brooklyn. Not Liam, Liam and Brooklyn. Not Liam from Brooklyn. Liam and Brooklyn. From <laughs> where? Santa Rosa. Question number one. This former fourth overall selection of the 1972 draft hosted the video clip show Real TV in the year 2000. Name him. Is it a Viking? It is a Viking. Man. I, I don't I, I'm I don't know. I don't, I'm drawing it? a blank, too. I'm drawing a blank. All right, Liam and Brooklyn with the first points. The Ahmad answer was Rashad? Ahmad Rashad. Okay, yes. I got it before the answer was given. I just threw it out there. I got it. We got it. All right, we'll give it to you. Yes. Good job, Drew. Yes. We share all the points, Ted. Question number two. This former NFL place kicker hosted the daytime version of Wheel of Fortune in 1989. I'm pretty sure that was Rolf Benershka, San Diego oh Chargers kicker. Oh my. Correct. Yes. <laughs> don't even don't wait for me to okay the answer. Just <laughs> how the hell did you know that? Dude? I used to watch Wheel of Fortune a lot. Who submitted that question? Question number one through seven are from Liam and Brooklyn. Oh, all oh one through seven. Okay, my bad. Yeah. Le Liam and Brooklyn put a lot of work. Hey, Liam and Brooklyn. Thank, thank you very you much for all the work you put into this thing. Thank you very, very much. much. Thank you. Question number three. In an episode of The Brady Bunch, Peter's teammates make fun of him for being in the Glee Club. What NFL star sets them straight? That was Joe Namath, wasn't it? No, Joe Namath hit Bobby in the face with the football. Deacon no, no, Jones. no. Oh, 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 oh. Um, um, Wait, you got it? You got it? I, I'm pretty sure it was Rosie Greer. All right, we'll go with Rosie Greer. Should have kept your answer, Drew. It was Deacon Jones. <sighs> Things are getting clear. Somebody's, you know what? I'm Ted's sorry. Fired. Shoot me. Shoot Ted. me into the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Rolf Benershka. Man, that's nuts that you knew that. That's so good. So okay. it is obvious that Drew is a bigger fan of Peter Brady than Ted is. Now I was a bigger fan of Marsha. Let me tell you. Me and Marsha, <laughs> we made out plenty of times. She just doesn't know it. All right. That's scary. <laughs> Question number four. Al Bundy often reminisced about oh. his glory days, scoring four touchdowns in one high school game. What high school did he go to? I didn't watch a lot of that show, Ted. I, I didn't either, but I, I think it was Polk High School, P-O-L-K. You're correct. Yeah. yeah. Thank Good you, job. Ted Glover. Ted Glover, save the day. Question number five. Polk High School. Ed Marinero played the role of which character on Laverne and Shirley? He was on Laverne and Shirley? Ed Marinero was on Laverne and Shirley? I don't remember. I don't know, Rube. The answer is Sonny St. Jack. Never Not ringing a bell. Liam in Brooklyn with another point. All right, question number six. Okay. Name five quarterbacks who have graced the front of a Wheaties box before 2015. Doug Flutie. Correct. John Elway. 
Correct. Um, Jim Kelly. Correct. Dude. Two more. Uh, the fourth one would be Troy Aikman. That is correct. One more. Oh, my God, dude. You are. <laughs> Doug Williams. No. <sighs> Come on, Tunes. You got to give us something for that. That was really good, man. Ted? You guys want to take one more guess, or do you want me to just tell you what the answer is? I don't have any more guesses. I, who, who are they? You could have chosen Aaron Rodgers, Michael Vick, Peyton Manning, Brett Favre, <sighs> Steve Young, Roger Staubach, Dan Marino. Boomer Esiason. It is yeah. kind of weird that Joe Montana is on that list. How could yeah. Joe Montana not be on the front of a Wheaties box and Doug Flutie is? Come on, man. Question number seven. This is going to be regarding the play, the catch with Dwight Clark. Okay. The play call was intended to be a pick play to set up a quick pass to which receiver who slipped? I want to say Freddie Solomon. Who was the opposite wide receiver? I'm going to say Freddie Solomon. You are correct. Which Cowboys DB was pictured in the photo with Dwight Clark on Sports Illustrated? I was going to say Everson Walls. But Everson I... Walls. It's Everson Walls. It's Everson Walls. Yes, it is yeah! Everson Walls. Ted Glover, man. Yeah. Making me look good today. All right. Our last question is awesome. Okay. And and adorable, and it comes from Ted's grandson, Grayson. Yeah! This is a video question. When we play this, I want everyone to know that we absolutely are taking any video questions, so if you'd like to submit one, go ahead and submit on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, whatever. And roll the clip. Hi, my name is Grayson, and I want to ask you a question. Which Viking Titan has caught the most balls? Steve Jordan. Isn't that awesome? My grandson called in the show. That is cool, dude. Pretty happy about that. Thanks, Grayson. That, Thanks, Josh. That was thanks, his little brother, Joshua, my other grandson. Ted is uh, beaming right now. Look at it beaming, I, isn't it? It's pretty cool. You're such a good grandpa, dude. Thanks, Thanks Grayson. Man. Did we get the answer right? Uh, you did. What was it, Steve Jordan? I think yes. it was Steve yeah. Jordan. Yeah, I, that's why I was going to go with Steve Jordan. That will do it for Tunes' Trivia. We'll see you next week. Who won? I think we won. I think we won this one. You, you notice when we win, Toots is just, let's just go to next week. Let's yeah, go to next week. Let's go right to next. Let's not announce it now. Okay. Thanks, uh, Toots. So we're down to our last segment, and it's it's playoff pick time. And I, I got to tell you, mm-hmm. I, I was feeling pretty confident going into championship weekend. I was up two games on Drew. I, was, I had gone nine and one. He had gone seven and three. I, I thought for sure I'd be gloating right now. But what happened, Drew Bunting? What happened? Miracle happened. Both the teams I selected won, which means both the teams you selected lost. Yeah. And it was pretty decisive too, both those games. I kind of knew at the fourth quarter how they were rolling through that uh they were I mean, we, we played twelve playoff games for three weeks, Ted. So we ended up being nine and we're both nine and three after three weeks. What are the That's odds of that? Good. That's pretty that good. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. Now, if we both pick the same team, we have to come up with some kind of tiebreaker. And I was thinking we could do uh, total points in the game. Pick the total points between the two teams and the, the one closest, whether you go under or over, would be the winner. Okay. Sound like a deal? Uh, meow, meow. I'm going to pick the Kansas City Chiefs to repeat. And my total point score is going to be 58 points. I'm going to say 31-27. I have the Kansas City Chiefs and 60 points. 
All righty. Yeah, we're not going to do ties. We're both going to sing if we have to. Yeah. All uh, right, let me, so... let me ask you, why'd you lean Chiefs? I'm interested to know. Because it was hard for me to pick. I mean, it's going to be a tough it was a tough pick for me. If you're the Chiefs, you can start off slow, make some mistakes, fall behind 14, 17, nothing, and still steamroll everybody. You have to play perfect football against the Chiefs or you're going to get steamrolled. You can't make any mistakes. I think the Buccaneers are going to make a couple mistakes, whether it's a couple bad Brady picks, which he had a bad second half yesterday. There's just not a lot of guys that have played at his level that Patrick Mahomes is playing at. I, I just, I don't think, I don't think you can stop the dude. I just, I don't think you can. So yeah, Tom uh, Brady, 10th Super Bowl. Think, just let that sink in for a second. Amazing. 10? 10! 10. It will be decided this week. We both picked the same team, so it'll be yeah. decided on the tiebreaker. Yep. All right. I think that does it. Another show in the books. Once again, everybody, thanks for watching. Uh, I think by the time this show comes out, we'll have over, what, 400 subscribers or 500 Man. subscribers? 500. That uh, is awesome. It's amazing. Write the phrase, write the keyword, write the secret word in the YouTube comments. Not on Facebook, not on Twitter. Only on the YouTube comments. Appreciate all the support and how well uh, this show has been received, and we'll try and do better next time. Thanks, everybody. Thank you so much. Shout out to our great producer. Liz Kelly takes all this stuff, all this, whatever we just did, and she puts it all in order and organizes it all and makes it bitchin'. Like us. Remember that word for the jersey this week? And uh, we will see you for episode six. Thanks for being here. Say good night, Ted. Good night, Ted.